Uh, you know, uh, whatever. <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, our uh, gospel reading is, as far as I'm aware, the shortest of the gospel readings throughout the church year. Uh, after eight days, Jesus is circumcised. So we're going to talk about that, which I know is everybody's favorite topic of conversation. Um, circumcision was a mark of God's covenant people. It was something given to Abraham, who was the father of God's people, somebody who God specifically chose and about whom God said, I will raise up an entire nation from you. And also, this will be one of those signs. Uh, to, uh, to quote the, uh, the American-Irish uh, Catholic theologian Jim Gaffigan, that's a comedian, by the way. Uh, he said, uh, Abraham circumcised himself with a piece of flint, and I can't even make it to the bank before it closes. <clears throat> and so Jesus, being a member of God's covenant, a descendant of Abraham, of course, takes on this mark. And in that way, he is physically joined to God's covenant people, his chosen people, Israel. Uh, not just genealogically joined, but physically. Now, in that next section, Jesus uh, goes to the temple, or his parents take him to the temple, because there is also a command that if you have a firstborn son, that kid belongs to God. And you have to buy him back. Now, that, that sounds like really barbaric and stuff like that. But the point isn't because God is into like child sacrifice or anything like that. But if you go back to the book of Leviticus, everybody's favorite book. I know it's on your nightstand. There's a very specific reason. It's that so the people engaging in this ritual would remember that they, their ancestors, were slaves in Egypt, and God redeemed them. So really, in just a few short verses, Jesus is not just genealogically joined, uh, or genealogically part of God's covenant people, but he becomes physically part of God's covenant people by taking on that sign, and he becomes ritually joined to God's covenant people. And in those ways, Jesus enters into the story of Israel. The ancient histories or the, deep, the old stories, the deep stories of Israel uh, become his story in some real ways and in at least one way, a quite tangible way. Which kind of gets you thinking about the nature of ancestry genealogy, where you come from, because those are Jesus' people. That's where he comes from. Uh, I don't know about you, I, I, it seems like maybe like three or four times a year I'll sort of get that bug and then I'll go into Ancestry.com and start going through my family's genealogy and, and, and trying to figure out what stories are there. Now, Jesus and his people at that time would have known their people's stories, Probably a lot better than we do. 
because those are the stories that dad would tell around the campfire kind of thing. Um, I've noticed that there are some very interesting stories in, in, um, among my ancestors. I, I learned actually not too long ago that I, I am directly descended from somebody who was on the Mayflower. It's pretty cool. Um, at the same time, we have a fairly recent immigrant from Ireland. Um, I, at some point, am directly descended from some Scottish lord. Um, I googled him, and he's not that important. Whatever. Um, if, if you kind of go back up through the genealogies, like basically everybody I'm descended from is from Ireland and Scotland, mostly Ireland, which makes me just embarrassingly white. Um, <laughs> Like, just, there's like, no, it, it's, it's sad. Which is why Albuquerque is really dangerous for me. That, that sun is so close. Um, some other interesting stories. There's one who, uh, who, as best we can tell from the limited historical record, uh, left his home in Tennessee to join up with a regiment in Pennsylvania to fight in the Civil War. And again, kind of recreating the narrative, he was a sapper uh, until he was wounded and then uh, was involved in like food, uh, like feeding the troops. Uh, I can't remember the technical name, the Civil War name for that off the top of my head, um, but who would have thought a Robinson taking care of food? That's kind of our thing. Um, uh, he, uh, we don't know when exactly or at what point in his career, but he was at Gettysburg. Pretty cool. The name Robinson comes from Michael Robinson, who came over from Ireland in the 1700s. He got a commission uh, from, I believe, Thomas Jefferson, was given a huge grant of land for fighting in the, uh, the Revolutionary War. We actually have his last will and testament. And it begins with, like, just a beautiful beautiful statement of faith that even though he dies, he know he will gain his body back in the resurrection of the dead and the life everlasting because of his faith in Jesus. And then the next paragraph, he bequeaths the slaves that he owned. There's a couple of them, uh, of them there. That's the part we don't want to talk about, right? Well, Jesus' story would have been similar. Looking back, Abraham, the one who answered God's call, a wandering Aramean was my father, they would eventually say about him. And he moved everything into this land who would event, or which would eventually be occupied by his own people, by his family. Abraham also was kind of a crook. He kind of lied about his wife. He was like, no, Pharaoh, he's, she's my sister. Please don't kill me. Like, dude, come on. His son was, was really a crook. Uh, David made some really regrettable decisions that got a lot of people killed. The great King David. Solomon went off to worship other gods, and the royal line of Israel was riddled with 
people who were frankly terrible. And not terrible like they didn't follow God's law because they ate pork, but terrible like sacrificing children in the valley of Garhanom to the Canaanite god Molech. Um, there's a lot of, oh, can, can we just take the parts of our story that are good? Now, the reason why I bring this up is that today's New Year's Day. It's natural, um, hopefully common, and honestly, I would recommend using this time of year to reflect. What did last year look like? What did the years before that look like? And as you look on kind of where you've been and where God has taken you and, and maybe how you have grown, how uh, your, hopefully your, your faith has deepened, but if your faith is struggling, like it's important to own that as well. It's, of course, always going to be tempting to do one of two things, to either dismiss the stuff that we would really rather not talk about and only focus on the things where you were successful, or the temptation might be to only focus on the negative, on the points of failure, the, the regrettable things that you were a part of, the mistakes that you made. Neither of those are healthy nor accurate. Just like as Jesus enters into the story of Israel, first genealogically by being born, then physically, then ritually, he takes on the mantle of his people. He becomes the representative of Israel, both the good, the bad, and the ugly. New Year's Day is a good time to sit back and ask the question, where has God taken me? What would it mean for God to take me anywhere? How have I grown to love Jesus? How have I struggled to love Jesus? Has my trust in God deepened or has it thinned out because I've been kicked around? Where do you find yourself? My guess is that there's enough there for all of us because we are, in fact, human. Interestingly enough, as, again, Jesus take, or enters into the story of his people, genealogically, physically, ritually, as I said on Christmas Eve, he enters into that story to redeem it. Just as God constantly says in his law and in the prophets, remember you were slaves in Egypt and God rescued you by the hand of the prophet Moses. Remember, remember, remember. I think that's a good lesson for us too. Again, it's easy to forget about the good stuff or forget about the bad stuff. 
But if we have this sacred, I'm not going to call it an obligation, but this sacred charge to remember where God has brought us, remember what we have gone through, remember what we have endured, remember where we have triumphed, remember where God has dragged us kicking and screaming only to find ourselves in some place so much better than we had anticipated. Remember that even though God has dragged us kicking and screaming and none of that makes sense yet because we are still struggling, that Jesus comes to redeem. And redemption is a really powerful word. Because redemption takes very seriously both the good and the, and the evil. The, the things that are really joyful and the things that are really, really hard. Redemption doesn't really care one way or another. It, ju- it just takes it all. And redemption also costs something. Now, in the case of Jesus, when, uh, in effect, his parents had to redeem him from God when he was, uh, sh- or shortly after he was born, I think it's about a month old, um, they would pay, and in, in their case, they paid two turtle doves. Um, it cost them something. And if Jesus is sent, which he was, to redeem the story of, his, of God's own people, the people with whom he is connected genealogically, physically, and ritually, it's going to cost him something too. And in Jesus' case, it cost him his life. And in the big twist that nobody saw coming, even though, of course, Jesus mentioned it multiple times, even though it's going to cost him everything, God will then even redeem that by raising him from the dead and starting something totally new. A new year, new hearts, a new people. So, Happy New Year. Take very seriously where God has brought you. Remember the hard, the bad, the good, the ugly, the joyful, the weird, the funny, the strange. Knowing that God has already sent his son into your story, our story, the story of humanity to redeem it, giving up everything and creating something new. So I will leave you with a question. Where has God brought you till now on this New Year's Day in the year 2023? How's that been? Where do you want God to take you? Knowing that God has two names. God and surprise. Happy New Year. As you are able, I invite you to rise. Now at this time... We will join together as we confess our common faith in the ancient words of the Nicene Creed. So together we say, I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, 
and of all things visible and invisible. And in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten, not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary and was made man and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried. And the third day he rose again, according to the scriptures, and ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of the Father. And he will come again with glory to judge both the living and the dead, whose kingdom will have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who spoke by the prophets. And I believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Amen.